Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. With the number two. We are here to help you get your business to the level you want it to be so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. Oh, Mike, I just love this new intro music. You need to get out of your chair for this intro, then. I really feel like I should choreograph a dance. <laughs> As opposed to singing the French national, national anthem two weeks ago. Oh, what do you hear this story? <laughs> the Canadian national anthem, you mean? Oh, the Canadian. Yes. Oh, yes. You're yeah, because Jenny was fluent. Canadian. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, the Canadian national anthem. Yeah. You know why I know that, right? Yeah, you used to go over the the international line into Canada to drink cheaper. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, you were smart. <laughs> Give you credit well, for that. Well, plus their legal drinking age was 19. Yeah. So I had a fake ID at 17 saying I was 19 so yeah. I could go over the, across the border. Oh, who wouldn't? And yeah. And keep it up. There you go. Yeah. Plus, you're right. The exchange rate was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cheap liquor at that age is almost better than good liquor. <laughs> and there were so many different types of people that I got to meet, especially coming from a small town. So that was my first, like, big city experience. Yeah, going from Redneck, Michigan to Canada. I bet you oh, met a lot yeah. of different people. But I loved going through that tunnel. Oh, Canada. Jeez. <laughs> but how are you feeling? Are you are you on a turkey hangover or anything? Or are you uh, feeling good? I haven't had a drink since Sunday night. I know that. God, we drank a lot. Uh, we had a family. So for the first four days of, uh, and we have international listeners, so for the first four days of American Thanksgiving, I've been told to say it that way, uh, we had uh, my in-laws, which was wonderful. I love them. More importantly, we had my grandson Oliver and my son and my daughter-in-law in. And then Friday morning after Thanksgiving, we drove to Savannah, Georgia for our niece's wedding where the alcohol picked up because they're both in the Army. So 40 members of the wedding party were MPs in the military at Fort Stewart, and then the reception was good. Nice. It was I, Again, I'm one of those off-the-dance-floor guys. I did Cupid Shuffle because it comes with instructions. <laughs> to the right, to the right, to the right, to the left, to the left. I can do that. And there's always somebody in front of me no matter where I turn. And I can line dance okay. But other than that, I'm just looking for the slow dance song. So, so you can squishy that tushy? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, yep. I am excited. We're here. It's show number 122. I pinch myself every day. Grateful that we get to do this. I know. Um, Thursday is one of our favorite days. And... I am super excited because we have a very, 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 very special guest today, Pinky Gaddiali. Gaddiali did not want to slaughter that. Thank there you. you. And she is all the way from Scotland. Yes. We've been having a lot of we've been having a lot of international guests on, but you're our first person from the UK. So, yay! Yep. I am honored. Yes. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. So you were talking earlier, uh, you woke up to snow this morning in Edinburgh. Indeed I did. And it was quite a surprise because I was scraping the car this morning to do school drop off <laughs> as we do. And uh, I was quite surprised. Now we Southerners are generally poor drivers on the snow. Mm -hmm. uh, for those that don't get it, they don't realize, Ooh, I better slow down. How are your, uh, how are your countrymen at driving on snow? 
I think we're all pretty well rehearsed yeah. on the, uh, you know, the road. I think we know what we're doing, most of us. Although I did see my neighbour skid out of her drive this morning, nearly hit the pole. But hey, you know, we won't worry about that too much. Wait, out of their driveway? Oh, yeah. that's not a good sign. No. <laughs> well, being from Michigan, I know that ice is not nice. No. Because no. you could be the best driver on the planet, but you hit a patch of ice and there's just nothing you can do about it. Well, and then the people who think, well, I can't see anything, so the road must be fine. It's yeah, like, no. that black ice sneaks up on you. Dumbass. What do you call down. black ice in Scotland? Black ice. Black ice? Okay. I was just wondering if they had a cool name for they it. They probably, they just say it nicer, <laughs> yeah. They just say it nicer, so... Uh, one of the cool things when Pinky and I, oh, by the way, you were going to ask. I was going to uh, ask Pinky, how did you and Mike meet? We met at a networking event, which was in Vancouver, called Grand Connections, which is run by two lovely ladies called Susan and Carolyn. It's an absolutely amazing event, and they're all about uh, collaborating with women-led networking groups so netwomen.co fitted in really nicely with what they did and i came on and spoke for a little while for one of their events and i knew and when i was listening to pinky talk and then we were in a breakout room after that and heard a little bit more about her story and thought okay we need to get some of this knowledge on our airways for our listeners you you're in the the connection you have with susan and Carolyn is your netwomen.co group that you've been around since September of 2015. So two questions, uh, how and why did you start it? And the, the other part of that is, how did you grow it to such a big number? Wow. Well, where do I start? Um, going back to prior 2015, I uh, started my coaching business in Edinburgh. And um, maybe I should start before that. I was an optometrist by profession, and I have been for the last 20 years. I stopped completely. I stopped working as an optometrist about two years ago. Um, And it wasn't really my passion and my purpose. And I think many people who are in careers where they're not happy and they just don't know what to do with that and how to start their own business... Um, it can be quite daunting. It, it's how how do I do that? How do I transition from being an employee to being my own boss? And that can be very difficult. So um, making that transition for me wasn't that difficult because I've always been self-employed. I've always worked for myself. If I'm sick, I don't get paid, right? That's exactly how I've worked throughout my life. And... Um, I started realizing my my skill, my gift was that people would come and see me, not for their eyes, but to tell me about their problems, about what's going on in their lives, um, you know, family issues, business issues, that kind of thing. And my receptionist always used to laugh at me and say, I think we need shares in the tissue boxes because we're <laughs> running out of them. And um, the next question was, what are you doing to the patients? Are you punching them in the face. And, um, I, you know, I'd always laugh at her and say, you know what, this is actually quite a thing because this has been happening for many years now. And, um, 
I want to do something about this. So at the time, I didn't have the flexibility or the um, support from my ex-husband at the time to do what I wanted to do. And so when I moved to Edinburgh, it was almost like a new life for me. I'd moved countries. I really wanted to stretch myself and really push myself out, out of my comfort zone. And I started listening to podcasts. I started reading the books. I started working on myself. And the personal development side really led me down the coaching path. And at this point, I trained in uh, neuro-linguistic programming and hypnosis. And then that developed into me having to go out there and meet my ideal client. And meeting my ideal client meant going to networking events. So I'd go to these networking events and starting in 2014, let's say, turn up, look around me, and I'd be faced with a sea of men in gray suits. And I'd look around and think, wow, it's the 21st century and we still have pale, male, and stale. What <laughs> is going on? And I honestly, at this point, I just thought to myself, this whole, how do I actually go into this room, start a conversation with these people who clearly have zero interest in talking to anyone else apart from who they are already talking to? I don't feel like I belong. And I just turn around and go home. So one Friday afternoon, I was sat in my dark three by three room. And I thought to myself, how can I make this better for other women? How, there must be other women out there who feel the same as me, who are in the same position where they're in business, they need to meet other people, but they just can't find their ideal client because they're going to these events that are really not suited for them. So I was thinking about a glass of wine and uh, on a Friday afternoon, as you do. And the acronym uh, was Women in Networking Edinburgh. And so I started that in-person events and that then went to Glasgow. And it was a very fun yet expensive hobby for the best part of four years. At the end of last year, I decided to globalize my business. And um, that came about when I met a business coach who said to me, Pinky, you've got a following of 4,000 people. What on earth are you doing with that? And I said, good point. Let me do something about it. So I decided to create uh, events around the world. And then COVID happened. And... In March, it was one of those very surreal times. I don't know if you found the same, but it was it was a moment of almost shock and denial where I hid under my duvet in my bed for about a month and just didn't think anything of it and thought, well, this is just going to blow over. It's going to be fine. Yep. You know, we'll be back to normal in a week. And then April came around and I went, Nothing's going to change yeah. for a very long time. And we still don't know when it will ever change. Yeah. <laughs> so at this point, I just thought, right, okay, time to pivot. This, this new word that's come about, pivoting. So I pivoted online, and here I am today, and we've grown by 300%, and 
I think we need this more than ever right now. The social disconnection level is through the roof. So we need to support each other as much as we possibly can. I know through Grand Connection, they've not only partnered with your group for that one event, but I've been to two others where they have had other networking groups. And in one breakout room, I'm in with a, a guy from South Africa, a guy from the Middle East, a lady from Canada, and a lady from Guatemala. N- uh, nothing in common other than we're all small business related or small business owners. And you know what? We're all trying to do the same thing. There's a common language in the small business world, literally. Yeah, absolutely. What kind of things are you hearing from your group once you created it of things either they were looking for or solutions you've been able to provide them through this group? I think the major thing that that people are feeling right now is that social disconnection, the isolation, the anxiety, and the fear that's coming from many people about what's happened recently. And how we help is allow that safe space for women to come and just bounce ideas off each other, to share the fact that they've had a really bad day And by the way, that's okay in our group. You know, we're not all happy clappy and share our amazing stories and amazing days. Because not everybody has that every day. So I think it's that supportive network where we're collaborative and also the fact that we're the only women's network in Scotland that is global really really is our our kind of standpoint that's where we are right now and we are about collaboration over competition that's why i love other groups that do the same thing that's why we love having other coaches on our program because i feel like there's always something that we can learn from each other and it's so crazy when you think about how covid has made us you know, stay inside and we haven't seen our close networks as much as we would like to, but I feel like I've been exposed to this whole new world and met all these new amazing people that I wouldn't have met if, if this hadn't happened, which is pretty cool. So cool. Right. I mean, I find that right now people are so much more open to having these conversations I mean, before this happened, if I reached out to somebody on LinkedIn, they just probably disregard the message and delete it and go, oh, okay, what are you trying to sell to me? But now people are open really and engaged and reflecting. And actually the, re- the responses are coming in. You know, people want to talk and people want to share things now. Um, And it's made the world a smaller place. It really has. Yeah, in a time that feels a little constricted, which is awesome. Yeah, it's weird that if COVID doesn't happen, we're not talking to you because I would have never found, I would have never connected two steps to get to Carolyn and Susan and Grand Connection to meet you. We would have stayed in Raleigh, North Carolina, trying to meet people face-to-face and coach them that way instead of branching out because... We couldn't get out and meet face to face. So 
that's been one of the cool things about it. I hate, I feel bad sometimes saying it that way because a lot of people have, have suffered. They've lost jobs, lost lives, or loved ones. But it's actually one of the good things that has come out of this. It's forced us and a lot of other people to look outside the county, city, and state lines. Yeah. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit. So you are also um, a business and life coach, and you focus a lot on imposter syndrome. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Um, When I started my coaching journey, what I noticed mostly about women is that we are people that hold ourselves back quite a lot of the time. And that's usually due to our own limiting beliefs. And I, what I find is as well, is that if we want to be better at something, and if we want to um, say, maybe excel at our business, for instance, then sometimes we have limitations that hold us back things like I don't I'm not enough I don't deserve this or you know the things that maybe a teacher might have said to you when you were younger or your parents have said to you when you were younger and I refer to it as imposter syndrome because that is what it is 70% of women at some point in their lives have suffered with imposter syndrome and 52% of C-level executives have suffered with imposter syndrome as well. And it's not that you're amazing, you know, it, it is that you're amazing at what you do. It's, and all the external evidence will show that you're confident, you're great at what you do. And then you've got that voice, that inner critic that says, no, you're not, you're not confident enough. You don't deserve this. Um, and you know, you're not going to get what you want. So I've had many, many clients who are ambitious professionals who are holding themselves back because of these internal nagging voices, these limitations that stop them from reaching that C-level position, C-suite level position that they want, or perhaps getting to that level in their business where they want to globalize their business, for instance, and they're scared of doing it because they have this voice. Who are you to own a business and do this? Well, and then also what I've seen with many of our clients and within um the real estate industry, which is my other career, is once you, as a woman, once you're in that that position, it's very lonely because there's such a discrepancy between the male-dominated, you know, power houses, and then you have a woman that comes up in the ranks, and it can feel really lonely. It can feel really lonely because you're you know, one of the only women, but it can also feel very lonely just being a business owner in general, because you have your direct reports, you have your team. um, But who do we get to talk to when we have problems? And I think that's what a community like yours can provide that you don't feel so alone. And, you know, they say it's lonely at the top, which it really is. Yeah. It really is. And that's why our platform is so 
it's just so needed right now because of the fact that it is lonely at the top and there's not enough female role models at the top to help all the other women. And that's what we want to provide is that platform for women to come and learn from others, have that mentorship, have that peer-to-peer -peer support that is so important. Are there a couple of tips you have for business owners in general, but maybe female business owners, uh, maybe how to, if combat is the right word or overcome whatever the right word is, just a couple of things for them to start doing or think about doing? Yeah, so the good news is, is that you can manage it, but you can't fully overcome it unless you do the deeper work. So there are certain things that you can do. I can give you a few ideas on how you can um, just manage it at, at the level that you need to manage it. So for instance, you can find your why, find your purpose, find why you are doing what you're doing. What makes you jump out of bed in the morning? Is it that you're making a difference? Are you helping people? Um, what is your why? Uh, mine is obviously to help more women lead and succeed, but at the same time, I want to travel more and I want to provide for my son. It may be the same for you. So check in and see what that is for you. Um, and the other thing that I also tell my clients is that you need to really learn how to be self-aware. So recently I had a client who was really struggling with her business and wasn't actually getting very far with it and wasn't progressing a business purely because she kept holding herself back and telling herself that she didn't deserve it and of course there's a large element of this is money women have this limitation about money numbers figures thinking that they don't deserve it so really finding out what those words are that you tell yourself because 99% of the time, those words are not fact. They're actually made up thoughts that are going around in your head. And your mind has got this very amazing ability to make you imagine certain things that aren't real and you believe it. It's exactly the same as if I tell you, you know, you're about to bite into a lemon and you're immediately, you're, you're you're starting to salivate and you're noticing the difference in your mouth and you know the flavor changes in your mouth as well if you imagine a lemon and biting into it because you know what that feels like it's exactly the same with your thoughts and the thing is if you don't nip it in the bud and you don't actually think about what you're saying to yourself you get into this negative spiral which then it's really difficult to get out of so check in with those then secondly, you have a choice. You have a choice of either listening to that or not. So that's the second thing to do is choose. And then the third thing is to change it. So make a list of things that you're saying that are negative and then opposing that, make a list of things that are positive that you can say against it. So you're ready and you're quick and you're there rather than letting it spiral out of control. Good advice. I, I'm a big believer in what you think about comes about. And if you're constantly thinking about 
all the negative things that could happen or that you're not worthy, then that's going to become your reality. And if your self-talk is uplifting and changing your perception, then that changes your reality. So I totally agree with that. I know another thing you coach and talk about, and this is good for all small business owners, but I know you work with your, your, uh, female clients on this a lot, not choo- not charging their worth. And we've had this conversation on the podcast many times that most of us are underpriced. 100% underpriced. In fact, I know some women who give their services for free. Um, yeah, my clients don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> It's not allowed in my book. And that's a big mental hurdle to get over because your first thought is, well, they'll leave me. They're not going to pay this extra amount of money. And in reality, if you look at it, it's the value you're providing, not the price you're charging. Right. And the number of years of your expertise, that is your value. That is your worth. Have a think about that. Every time you work with a client or you're working with somebody, think about the number of years it's taken you to get there, the number of hours you spent studying, learning about this new thing to get you to where you are, and then think about what you're going to charge. Yeah, that's something that we've had a couple of our clients that were really struggling with feeling that they could charge what they were worth. And a lot of it is just being afraid. You know, you're afraid that somebody's going to say no. We talked about a lot of rejection on our last podcast or disappointment. And there are going to be some people that are always, you know, I call them coupon hunters. Like there's going to be the people that will only hire you if they get a discount. It's, it's crazy. I see it all the time in the real estate world. People that are like, they only want a discount broker and they feel like that's the only way that they're going to get their money's worth when actually they're leaving thousands of dollars on the table by not using a professional or they have a terrible experience or something happens. And overcoming that can be really challenging because that's, again, self-talk that has probably been deeply rooted from the time that we were little. And I know, you know, growing up, we were, and I don't know how old you are. You look like you might be a little bit younger than me because you have such a good complexion. But growing up, I think we were one of the first generations that they were starting to try to empower women. And, you know, I remember being sent to these science and math camps, and that was like a big thing because they were trying to get girls into science and math because it was seen as such a male dominated field. And the fact that that had to be something special that I went to versus something that just, you know, the boys, that was just part of their every day that they were going to be good in science and math. So, um, creating a space for women to feel like, okay, we can change this and talking about money, asking for raises, telling people what our prices are and feeling really confident in that can completely change the trajectory of a business. Yeah. And you know what you said about that, about, you know, girls and boys, 
what really frustrates me is that still now I hear, oh, you're so pretty and beautiful. And then the boys get told, oh, you're so brave and strong. Mm -hmm. Can we just switch that around? That would make so many little girls feel so empowered. And it's funny listening to people when guys in public introduce their wife, they feel like I've got to say, this is my beautiful wife, Becky. And I don't think she feels, not that she doesn't think I may or may not be handsome, but I don't even think it crosses a woman's mind to go, I'd like to introduce my handsome husband. (laughs) But we men feel like we can't just say, this is my wife, Becky. I've got to put a qualifier. I've got to build her up a little bit. And it's just, it's ridiculous. Right. We don't need to do that. Now, if she was a, if, if she was a brain surgeon, I'm going right there. That's fair game because that's everybody's like, okay, get that. But just they back to your point, they feel like there's got to be this little adjective just to say, oh, well, look. And I'm like, no, just introduce them, and, and we are what we are. And most of the guys aren't that impressive anyways. <laughs> so, <laughs> they may think they are, but they're really not. But that's that's not fair. And it's it's hard for women in this world. There are If there's another phrase for double standard, they should apply, they should use that because it's, especially in the sports world, and most of my background is in sports, and and there are some hideous-looking men on TV. They're over 50, they're fat, and they're balding, and they're gamefully employed. And if a woman that was 55 and overweight and gray, scraggly hair, but newer stuff, better than the guy, not a chance she's getting on camera. No. Not even a thought, not an interview, not a, oh, my God, no way. And it just, it's not fair. And so I understand a little. I, I get why. Let me say it that way. I, I don't understand it because I'm a guy. But I get why some of those things that my kind puts in your head. And you're thinking like, well, crap, maybe I'm maybe I'm not worth that. And it's just... and. If some of these guys have daughters, that's my first thought. So if you make a statement like, well, women's basketball, uh, who watches that? So basically you're telling your daughter, don't ever try to play women's basketball. Nobody will ever watch you play. And then the first thing out of their mouth is, oh, no, no, that's not what I meant. Like, yeah, dude, that's what you just said. Drives me nuts. Well, I'm glad that you My kind is not. Yeah, we're not bright sometimes. women... Yeah, but we have we've made such huge strides, but it's almost like we can't just rest on our laurels. We have to continue making those strides, which is why having people like Pinky and mm-hmm. other coaches that really focus on changing that dialogue is so important. Because otherwise, we're just going to grow stagnant and say, "Oh, look at we've you know look at how far we've come from the '40s and the '50s when women were <laughs> you know in the kitchen with their poodle skirts and you know you can vote now." <laughs> yes. So, but we just we have so much yeah. further to go. Well, and I think Pinky was telling us earlier she has a 13 year old son, and I think my two year old grandson. Hopefully, that generation will like. Yeah. Okay. It's a girl. Okay. It's a guy. Doesn't matter. That's exactly. they're my teammate, my coworker, my whatever. So hopefully each generation will get a little bit smarter and we'll get done with these having to say, oh, this is a first. 
oh, this is a first. And I'm glad there are firsts, but hopefully one day we can get to the point where female president, female prime minister, okay, we've had, yeah, no big deal. You've had a female prime minister over that way. We've not had a female president yet. So there are other issues, but hopefully one day it'll just be, that's a business owner, you know? Yeah. I see a lot of arguments on, cause I'm in a lot of women's networking groups online and one of the ongoing debates that women have amongst each other is about these hashtags and um, taglines that we've given ourselves like mompreneur, girl boss, um, you know, things that are in the beginning, we're supposed to like motivate and make people feel good, but they're actually undermining the fact that it's, it's like you're saying, Hey, second place trophy. Yeah. I I have to say I am anti mumpreneur. I, <laughs> yep. I really, yeah. Why are we putting labels on us again? We're trying to get away from the labels, not put labels on ourselves again. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. The whole the whole girl boss thing is. I, I had felt suspect to it, but then once I started thinking about right. it, and I was like, "What am I doing? I'm just." I'm just a business owner like anyone else, and it shouldn't de- depend upon if I'm a woman or not. You're just a badass. Well, I'm okay <clears throat> with that label. Yeah, she just, she's a badass. <laughs> she's a top one percenter amongst the realtors in the triangle. That makes her a badass. Absolutely. Guy, guy or girl, doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, yeah. what would you say um, are your top tips as a business owner to another business owner? My top tips are don't start firstly, during a, don't start during a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> um, honestly, believe in yourself because if you don't, no one else will. Mm. Um, follow your why, your purpose, your passion, whatever that might be. Because if you do anything with a why, with a purpose and a passion, you're going to make it. You will make it. Um, And get a coach. And I mean this sincerely, that, you know, we all go through a lot of failures before we get to where we need to be. And I have been there. And I will quite openly tell you that I failed hundreds of times, not only in my personal life, but in my business life. And each one was a hurdle to overcome. Each one was a roadblock. But each time it taught me something. It was definitely a massive learning curve for me. The one thing I've learned is every time I've got a coach or a mentor, it's made me save money, and it's made me save time. And those two things are valuable when you're a business owner because you definitely don't want to be wasting 10 years of your life trying to reinvent the wheel when somebody else has gone and done that for you. So get inspired by someone. Get someone who you like, know, and trust that you can work with and that you can learn from and perhaps not make the same mistakes that they did so then you're then doing what you need to do and focusing on your business. 
you've mentioned a couple times the phrase, find out your why. And when you're younger, I don't think that sinks in. And in about 25 years, you two will be close to my age. So hopefully it will sink in at that point in time. But if most people stopped for a minute and wrote down all the jobs they've ever had, they would find a commonality real quick. Oh, I love that job. Oh, I love, ooh, hated that job. Love that job. And it would, again, we're big fans with our clients, put stuff on paper. And it becomes real clear real fast when you read it to yourself. But most people, because it's one of those phrases people say, oh, yeah, that's a cool, catchy phrase. And, you know, it's like a bumper sticker. But it's actually real. Because you know when you don't want to get up and go to work. (laughs) We've all been, we've all had that job, right? Yes, we have. And there have been days where I did not want to get up and go to that job. But now I can wake up at 5 a.m. and I'm doing my thing. I've got my meditation. I've got my cup of tea. I'm English, right? (laughs) Yeah. I had to get that in there somewhere. We appreciate uh, it. Oh, oh. Um, do you ever drink what is it called? A dark and stormy or what is it dark- when you put um your tea with milk? Oh, yeah. There's a name for it. Builder's tea? No. Dang it. Dark- I'm I'm gonna have to I'll have to message you later. I can't think of what it's called because I used to always order it at Starbucks just because I thought the name was so cool. Oh jeez. <laughs> But it's like, but it's like tea with, um, steamed milk. It's delicious. I love, I love a good cup of tea. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. How do you take your tea? Uh, builder's tea, I call it, which is proper tea with a dash of milk. Not like, you know, not flooded. Yeah. In with it. That's just a cup of warm milk then. Um, you know, I like to actually taste the tea. So uh, <laughs> that's a bit of color to it, you know? Are you, uh, I'm assuming you're a football fan. No, I am not, but I do like a bit of rugby. Ah, okay. All right. Are you an F1 fan as well? Yes. Okay. Lewis Hamilton? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, he's setting some new records here. If you're talking to a room full of 12-year-old girls... What does, or if, 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 if 12 year old pinky's in the room, what does today's pinky say to 12 year old pinky? That's a deep question. I would definitely say, believe in yourself again and everything's going to be okay because it really is. And if someone had told me that at that, that point in my life, I would have been less anxious and less stressed um through my high school years and less worried about what everybody else thinks about you because mm-hmm. we're all going to fail and what as you get older once you realize oh shoot i've been through five of those and look where i am now all of a sudden <laughs> it doesn't look so bad but when you're 19 on the other side of never having failed before you're like oh my god that'll end my world and we all thought that and we were we were trained oh don't admit that and that's part of us is showing the warts and all, right? Showing the warts and all. And not being afraid of your path. 
because I think back and I don't know that there's anything I would change because all of those learning experiences are exactly what's made me who I am today. But I wish somebody would have taken me by the hand and said, you know, don't feel ashamed about when people call you bossy or people get on you because growing up, that's just, that was the label. If you were the one that took charge, you were bossy. Well, you're only bossy if people aren't following you. And, and, and that's where the guy, the 12-year-old guy, wow, look, he's a leader. Everybody's mm-hmm. doing what he says. And oh, look at Trinity. She's so bossy. Tell everybody right. what to do. <laughs> and they're doing the same thing. It's, well, again, with yeah. a little wisdom, you see that's like, we were all stupid that way. So, Yeah, yeah. and if somebody had early on said, you know, um, instead of stating it this way, state it that way, because I did a whole lot of personal development in my 20s to deliver the same message, but in a different way. So it didn't come across as bitchy or um, I'm, I'm a very direct person. And sometimes you can't deliver things as directly and you have to sort of, like Mike always says, come in the side door. (laughs) And if somebody had taken me aside when I was in my early teens and taught me that, that would have been something that would have lent um, just a huge, just a step up for me in my early career. Yeah, I get that. I was the bossy one. Yeah. I was. Um, I spent my whole childhood being told, stop being so bossy. Yep. Um, and now you yeah. get paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> As I say, I'm like, wait a second. Now yeah. I get paid really well for people to listen to me mm-hmm. talk and fall, listen to what I say and do what I say. <laughs> Yeah, no need to go through the yep. side door. Mm. Nope. In your netwomen.co, is there one story that jumps out at you that somebody pulled you aside or DM'd you and said, this has really helped me because? There's been several, actually, and I've been really blessed. And I'm so lucky to have such a great community because we all support each other in so many ways. Um there, there was one where she was really struggling with, it was a, a real confident issue, confidence issue. She couldn't even pick up the phone to call her prospects, her clients. And part of her business was calling people, asking them if they would like to buy this product. And she's a great, great woman. And I saw the struggle and she came to one of our mastermind groups actually. And this is where we we're in a big room and then we break out into rooms of three or four where we have an hour where we can share our challenges. So bringing one challenge to the table and within that group, we talk openly and whatever is talked about in that room stays in that room. So it's very personal, it's very private. And she came out with her story of the fact that she couldn't do any of her calls. She was struggling financially, literally to feed her children and keep a roof over her head. And at that moment, I said, you know what? Let's take this to the side. Took her out of the room and we had a little chat and I did a 10 minute visualization to overcome her fear. And she went away that afternoon, made 25 calls 
and made some sales. And she then sent me a video testimonial to say, thank you so much. And I did, I wanted nothing for that. I didn't want anything back, but I, I knew she needed that help. And, you know, all I can do is offer what I can give. And I'm quite happy to give this for the rest of my life because I know I'm good at what I do. It's these people that need that help and support. And that was to me the best you know, 20 minutes of my life that I'd spent because it changed that person's life. Sometimes it's those little aha moments that are the most gratifying. And in her case, that was a big aha moment because that unlocked something in her that that potential was always there. She just needed the the clarity. And it's so interesting because when people come to us for coaching, a lot of times they're like, they leave a coaching appointment. They're like, man, you know, I've heard, I can't believe I paid you. I already knew that, but, (laughs) but they're like, but I had to pay you for it because I wouldn't have thought of it on my own, even though I already knew it. It's like going to therapy. You know, the therapist doesn't do most of the work. You're doing the work. They're just asking the right questions to pull that out of you. That's already in there. Yeah, that's exactly what coaching is. We are, all we can do is offer that guidance and support. And, you know, we're just there to really, as guides, as to offer that safe space Mm -hmm. for people to really just tell us and for us to listen proactively and answer or ask them questions that will help them to come to their own conclusion because it's not up to us to tell them. Exactly. You are getting near your bedtime because you're five hours ahead of us and we appreciate you coming on. Your podcast is net women uncut. That's correct. I assume you just talk about anything and everything, right? Yeah. It's totally uncensored. We swear. We have a laugh. We talk about any toxic relationships that we've had, personal or, you know. Love it. Work-related. We talk about mindset and how there's been shifts in our lives from bad to good. You'll have to talk to Trinity one time about all the exes in her life. She sold houses (laughs) to three of them. She still stays in touch. So it's a wonderful story of, but she collects people is one of her taglines and she doesn't let him go and all i have to say about all my exes except one crazy chris with the k that they were really good humans and that even though it didn't work out for us romantically i still appreciate them as a person so yeah i'm very similar to you we need to chat we do Good. Absolutely. There's some stories there for you, Pinky, yes. and they're funny. So, Pinky, um, if somebody wants to get a hold of you that listen to our show, what's the best way for them to reach you? You can find me on netwomen.co. You can also find me on buypinky.com. And the tag is at netwomen.co on all the socials. Awesome. Well, it has been such a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you for staying up late. Next time we do this, we definitely need to do it over a couple glasses of wine. <laughs> definitely. Thank you so much. I loved it. Love speaking to you both.
And if everybody would go to our website, wiredtochange.com, check out our mastermind groups we've got going. Check out our, if you have a bad elevator pitch, we have a program called Pitch Your Niche, where we help you get rid of the corporate speak and tell stories and give examples of why people should do business with you because people buy people. Amen. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we'll see you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.